Welcome everyone to the Bourbon Boys podcast. What began as three drunks writing a weekly newsletter has evolved into four drunks talking into microphones about SEC football. I am Cousin Bailey and joined as always by Malt Liquor, Gus, and our producer, Dr. Ripper. Welcome back to the Bourbon Boys. Before we get into week 11 of the 2023 SEC football season, just something real quick. I get asked all the time, Cousin Bailey, how can we support the Bourbon Boys? Well, there are a few ways. Number one, you can give us a good rating and review on the platform you're currently listening to us. Number two, you can definitely subscribe to the podcast on that platform and other platforms. And number three, let's face it, you all know someone who likes SEC football, so share this episode and others with them. Number four, you can support our sponsor. And number five, if you know of an up-and-coming business, put them in contact with me, Cousin Bailey, at C-U-Z-Z-I-N-B-A-I-L-E-Y at gmail.com. Well, uh, just something real quick. Um, Gus is still our fucking host. Excuse me. Pardon my language. Uh, but we have a special guest this week, and I'm going to let Gus introduce him and take it away. Awesome. Thanks, Cuz. And and we're happy that you're here, Cuz. It was uh, We didn't think we were going to have you, and then shit happened. It's touch and, and go, baby. And you're here. So we love it. We love it. We're going to be a little jumbled on who's who's leading off the games. But otherwise, uh, before we get to our guest, I'll, I'll just go over the standings real quick. I am still in the lead. I'm at 500 on the season, 35 and 35. What? I went five and two last week. Cuzzo, 33, 37. He also went five and two. Dr. Riffick, catching Cuz, 33 and 37. He went six and one. Then everybody, hold on mm. to your hats. Hmm. Malt liquor, 29 and 41. He went seven and oh last week. Big Man. I hear if you go undefeated like that, you actually get double. So I'm <laughs> I'm now uh 36 and 41 instead of 29 and 41. You hit the you hit the quintilla. We're gonna check the bylaws. <laughs> yeah. Now let's let's see if anybody has the balls to actually use your picks this week or any of our picks for that matter. But uh so it's become a a mainstay when the Gators play LSU. We have Ron on for yeah. us again this year. How's it going, Ron? Going great, man. I appreciate you having me. And hopefully, well, nope, they play next year. So hopefully it's, you know, it does continue on. I have yeah. fun every year. All Welcome. right. And with that, Ron, what you drinking? Well, I am drinking a few things. Um, I'm drinking one, some bullet bourbon, uh, which is after Blanton's is probably my favorite. I don't know if it's because where I live, right across the street every Thursday, they have $5 blant- or bullet old fashions all day long. Oh. I'm usually off on Thursdays, by the way. So yeah. um, that way I can just call. But the beer I'm drinking, I specifically bought it for this it's from a local brewery called tin roof and i'm not sure who does the movie reviews with uh cousin bailey that's me i you should actually review this it's one of the best movies ever made i'm not talking about die hard not talking about highlander i'm talking about roadhouse and you can see this it's the west coast ipa it's even got the double deuce on it i thought you'd be taller Oh my yeah. god! I I saw that today. I'm gonna pick some up. I saw that today where I got mine. 
Yeah. So, and aside from that, some chocolates from the local dispensary. All right. Yeah, I think we'll probably do Roadhouse at some point. Um, oh, yeah. It'll be on the list. One of my all-time favorite movies. Same. Malt, what you got, buddy? Uh, so I'm drinking uh, old favorite Old Elephant Foot IPA from Tampa Bay Brew Co. Nice. Pretty good. I don't, I don't think I've ever had that one. I'll have to try mm. it out. You should. It's one of, it's one of the better ones. Cuzzo. Uh, well... I, I went to Rolling Oats St. Pete again today and I got a four pack of 16 ounces and I got there. They're all Kolsch's except one special one. I'm going to crack later. Uh, this is King State Venue Kolsch. It's freaking amazing. I ne- I, I've never even heard of it. Never heard of them. Um, I'm not even sure where they're at. A- King State. Yeah. The, no one's ever mentioned them on this podcast. Before. Never, never, never. I've never gone back to back make- drinking. King that, Street Green Dart. Yeah. They're the ones that make the dart. Okay. Cause I was looking for that today and they didn't have it. And so I decided to go with a Kolsch medley. And I was like, this sounds familiar. And I'm probably wish I had, you know, click that, click, click that out of there. But uh okay. I was wondering why it sounded familiar. But anyways, well, their their venue Kolsch is great as well. Well, uh, we'll let you Google to see where they're at and maybe let it refresh your memory. Oh, uh, I remember now. Yeah, okay. that was a good time. So I mean, that was a good time. What? The last time we talked Any... about it. Oh, okay. All right. Dr. Producer, what are you <laughs> drinking, buddy? Uh, I am drinking a handlebar Hefe. Is that your first one tonight? No. Mm-hmm. And this guy is drinking a dead parrot light lager with sea salt and fresh limes. I didn't see that sea salt and fresh limes on it uh, from Florida Avenue. It's okay. I think, I've, I think I've had that before. Yeah, it's it's all right. I heard it. I heard it's better at the brewery. <laughs> wow. Whatever. Oh no, that was that's just my voice right now. All right. So big slate of games, seven games, all conference games. Oof. And we'll get started with twelve o'clock kickoff, Malt. Okay. Alabama coming off a big win over Ron's LSU Tigers go to the crown jewel of the SEC doesn't shine or sparkle as much in daylight as it does under the lights. But um, Kentucky came off a win last week as well against um, Mississippi State, which, uh, you know, that's great, I guess. But Bama was a big win. Um, Very close game. It was kind of sort of like the Texas game, I thought. And then Daniels got knocked out, and that was kind of where it ended. Difference is Monroe's really matured. He looked, I thought he looked pretty good, at least from the highlights I saw. Do you see where Urban compared him to Reggie Bush and Percy Harvin earlier this week? Um, but there was a highlight when I was watching the SEC network like review where he had the burst that like reminded me of like Cam Newton. Um, but anyway, uh, I think this game is um, kind of right the number is probably where it should be, you know, um, Bama, they beat LSU, put up a lot of points, but LSU has defense hasn't really stopped anyone this year. So, you know, the question is, well, is Bama's offense rounding into shape? They gave up a lot of points and yards to LSU, which again, most people have done anyway. So I don't know how much you want to read into that. I just have a feeling that, uh, Bama's sort of hitting their stride. Kentucky. I looked at the, didn't really watch that, 
horrible game against Mississippi State, but based on the stats, I think they had less than 300 yards. Um, so I, I like Bama here. I don't love them, but, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll lay the points. I think there's a good, better than good chance that Bama will win by two touchdowns. So that's my logic. I'm the, uh, I'm actually, I feel the same way. I'm going to keep it short. Like before the, um, the lines came out or at least before they were published by our producer, I kind of guessed them a little bit and not that I've been doing all that great this year, but I mean, I've been, I, I feel pretty good about this. I, I thought it was going to be a two touchdown line. And, uh, since it's only 10 and a half, I'm going to take Bama with that logic. So, um, I, I, they, 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 they can score a lot. Uh, Kentucky is, I, they're just, they're so weird. Like they they, from the team that beat Florida, that win almost means nothing at this point. And I'm not sure if I said that last week, but that's kind of the way I feel. And so, uh, I'm going to take Bama. I think they're going to keep rolling, so to speak. Yeah, the – I don't know, man. They're going to the crown jewel and that hook. <laughs> the hook is really getting me here, ten and a half. Or no, it's not. Uh, Kentucky. A weird thing – well, actually a pretty cool thing about this week is that every SEC game holds um, either bowl significant, New Year's Six, playoffs – so there's not like a crap game. And it's weird to see Alabama playing in the JP slot. Um, and it's, you know, I don't think they, I think I heard something today. They haven't played a noon game in the SEC since like 2020 or something like that. A road game against Arkansas. The last one they did, no, they did play a road game against Texas last year. Excuse me. It was an SEC game. But that being said, um, I could see Alabama coming off to a sleepy start on this one. I would definitely, I am, I have taken Kentucky in the first half spread. Um, Alabama in their last seven, 17 out of the last 22 games have taken a one score lead into the fourth. I believe they do this, but I do think they cover. I wouldn't bet on that, but as far as this goes, I'll take that, but I'll definitely take the halftime spread. Yeah. Uh, Bama going to the crown jewel, the hook. The hook has really looked me in the eye and like, man, I don't know. But now Bama's hitting their stride. Yeah. They're they're getting better as the season progresses, which is I guess kind of how they roll. Um, so yeah, there's not a lot for me to say about this game. I think Bama's gonna win big. So roll tide. Producer. All right. So Dr. Producer, who do you feel? How do you feel about this uh roll tide rivalry? All right. So Ron is the lone hoof. Next 12 o'clock game. This, this is a game you should tune into. Vandy at South Carolina. Vandy, oh. two wins on the year. South Carolina, three wins on the year. Vandy coming off a loss to Auburn. South Carolina, as we all predicted, did not cover their 15 and a half point spread against Jacksonville State last week. Big, yep. big uh, moral victory for Rich Rod against uh, the Cox. Uh, South Carolina's favoring this game by 13 and a half. Wow. It's 57 and a half. Oh, gosh. Um, I'd, I'd take the under here. Maybe Spencer Rattler is going to have a good game. I don't have much else to say about this. I think South Carolina is going to kick the ever living shit out of Vandy. So I'll go Cox here. So both these defenses are terrible. Um, yeah. These are two teams just going nowhere at light speed, but um, 
I think it's kind of if if we get like the good Spencer Rattler, then South Carolina will cover this easily. If we don't, then it'll be close. Um, this kind of feels like a game where he he will shine because it's pointless and meaningless. So um, I'll take South Carolina. I think they do just enough to cover. Uh, just it's more an indictment of Vanderbilt's defense. Uh, I mean, probably the only defense worse than theirs is the Gators, but we'll talk about them later. No, can't wait. Bam again. Um, yeah. The um. So going back to my my predictions earlier, I said the line was going to be fourteen. Um, I'm not exactly sure how that makes me feel about this pick, though, because I mean South Carolina struggled to put away Jacksonville State last weekend. So are we presuming that they are Vanderbilt's better or worse than Jacksonville State? I mean, these picks are making it seem like everybody thinks. Vanderbilt's way worse than a fucking barely FBS team. A good FBS team, a good new FBS team. No, totally, totally. And yeah. Vanderbilt is like, I mean, I, I think, I think y'all are right. I mean, this is an SEC game. You know, a lot of times teams let down for some of the weaker opponents, especially if they've got flaws. Um, the over under is crazy, but I think two touchdowns is not an insurmountable. <laughs> you know, line for, uh, to beat Vanderbilt by, I think Florida even did that. I mean, I'm sure of it. So, um, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to take the Gamecocks. I don't have any faith in them per se. It's more of a indictment on uh, Vanderbilt. Uh, I had not even noticed the uh, total points, uh, 57 and a half. I, that's, there's a lot of stuff that came out this week that, um, that that is making my head scratch and we'll talk about a lot of them that I don't know what Vegas is doing. Um, I, I've, I've kind of gone a little bit back and forth on this one. Um, I know that South Carolina has got to win their last three to be bowl eligible. They got Vandy, Kentucky and Clemson. Rattler is, I know that y'all dish on him a lot, but he's actually having his best season ever. He's got the 108th ranked defense on the other yeah. side of him, and his offensive line is crap. So, um, I, I, I really think that Vandy was going to snake bite somebody. So I'll take them in this. Um, I should have taken Jacksonville State last week. That's the one thing that um, when I gamble, I make my money on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So you got the Sun Belt Fun Belt and the Mac Action, which I need six points tonight and I'm good. Um, so I knew Jacksonville state and I'm kicking myself in the ass for not taking that one, especially after listening to y'all and, and talk about that. But here's a little, uh, tidbit. Every one of Vandy's losses, they've lost the coin toss eight straight. Uh, the, odds on, that, the odds on that are 0.4%. Can you gamble on that? But you can, right? Yes, you can on mine. <laughs> So I may actually take Vandy winning the coin flip on this one. But, I mean, as much as I think Spencer Rattler is all right, and I think that one of the things that we came into the season with was thinking that USC East was going to be a lot better, and they weren't. And I think that's been, I don't know, is that their defense has been horrible. But, yes, I'll stick with Vanderbilt on this one. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll call for the outright win. Whoa. How about uh, the producer? 
That's a bold pick, Ron. Uh, I'll take the Cox. Ron is lone wolf on. They're not going to go through the season without an SEC win. I believe in Clark Lee. It's just going to take him some time. They're putting money into the place now. You know, and that's a that's a program that's going to be patient. They have to be. They, they have no reason not to be. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Are they going to win the East? Probably never. Are they going to compete to be the middle of the pack? I think they can. God, it scares me. <laughs> All right. Game of the week, Malt. That's arguable. Uh, Tennessee at uh, Mizzou. It's the three thirty game. That's why I'm calling it the game of the week. Sorry. Yeah. My bad. Well, Jenny Dell's going to be there, so that's. Um, what game would you say is the game of the? Oh, never mind. Yeah, uh, Mizzou is a home underdog by one point against Mighty Joe Milton the sixth and Tennessee, uh, who's uh, strung together some impressive performances. Mizzou looked pretty good in defeat on the road against Georgia. That was a close game. Um, I didn't watch one play of it, but uh, Burden the third, our buddy is questionable. So obviously, I wish I knew if he was playing or not. Usually, I I, I consider questionable to mean they're going to play, but we'll see. Um, so what what. What I think is kind of the key here for Mizzou is if they can stop Tennessee's run game and Tennessee's really gotten their run game going. I think they're ranked like third in the entire country, but Mizzou's run defense isn't bad. They held Georgia to, I think, 120 yards, which isn't too bad. Um, and obviously the reason the key is you, if you do that, then that means Joe Milton's got to beat you. And I don't have any faith in him on the road against a decent team, even if it is Mizzou and it's not some, you know, ravenous hotbed of of uh you know crazy crowd but it's just gonna it, if they can do that then it's battle of the quarterbacks they have the superior quarterback so i like to have a few rules and one of them would be take the better quarterback especially if he's getting points and he's at home so that's what i'm gonna do i, I like obviously mizzou outright um and uh you know i think this is gonna be a good game though it's gonna be really close i don't i don't expect either team to you know blow anyone out but um i'll take the home slight underdogs so i guess uh what you said about the mizzou player being questionable i mean because i'm going i'm going to go back to my little chart here and i had um excuse me i had uh mizzou favored and i that's kind of what i i mean so in a sense i mean like this freaking chart are you looking at my my own my own i had mizzou i had mizzou favored like no no i made up my own lines oh the lines came out gotcha and i had i had mizzou as a five point home favorite and i that's why i mean like this kind of confounds me a little bit um there has to be a reason i guess or maybe just oh the gators got to anyways anyway so um i'm going to uh i'm going to take missouri just based on my my thought process. I mean, the way they played Georgia last week was, I mean, it was admirable in defeat. Um, I really thought they had a chance. It was, I don't know what it was exciting, but uh, whatever. Yeah. So Malt, you stole a lot of my thunder um, of what I was going to say here. I mean, 
You look at the quarterbacks, who's the better quarterback? Missouri quarterback. I can't think of his name right now. It's not Milton. Cook. Cook. Brady, um, don't call me Connor Cook. Yeah, I think uh I think Burton is gonna play um Luther. I love I love the name Luther. Um you know, questionable, whatever, doubtful. I still think he would play in this game. It's a big game for Missouri. They're still kind of in it a little bit. Well, at least for a, a New Year's Day bowl. Um, so this is a huge game for them. They're home dogs and they're ranked higher than Tennessee. I think they are the better team. So yeah, I, I, give me, give me Missouri in this game. I would agree. That was one of the head scratchers. Um, I didn't, I, you know, that they were 15 point dogs on the road last week to Georgia, took them down to the wire. And now they're going to yeah. go home um, who, you know, and be the underdog against. Uh, yeah. And it's just like he said, um, that was my whole thing. Uh, Brady Cook's a lot better. Uh, I don't have any faith in Joe Milton. Speaking of ex-Missouri quarterbacks, Connor Basile is about to cost me some money if you don't get his shit together. Um, but anyway, um, but Brady Cook is without his two, uh, top wide receivers, uh, Luther Burden and the other one whose name I love, Peanut Houston. Gotta love that name. Uh, this game does feel like a New Year Six Bowl elimination kind of game going on. I but I still have to lean towards Missouri. I think they can run the ball a lot better than Tennessee. Um, and I'm going to go with Mizzou. Uh, yeah, I'll be lone wolf here. Go in balls. You guys are drunk. Mm-hmm. I'm not drunk. You're drunk. It's one point. That's true. All right, 4 o'clock game. Auburn headed to Fayetteville. Arkansas is a three-point home favorite. Auburn has, I guess you could say, impressed the past couple of weeks. Um, three weeks ago, they lost a tight one to Ole Miss. Uh, and then they were coming off wins against Mississippi State and then Vandy. They weren't blowouts, but they got the Ws. Arkansas, I don't know what happened last week in the Gator game. I didn't watch it. Um, seemed like the Gators probably should have won, but uh, I guess we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, I I think that Arkansas is not a great team. I think, if anything, Auburn's got, as I said before, a little bit of their mojo going crooked, crooked hue, uh, maybe riding the ship a little bit here. Uh, so I'm actually surprised Arkansas is a favorite here, even though it is three. So uh, give me the Tigers. Yeah, I agree. I'll, I'll take Auburn. So, yeah, Arkansas put up points against the worst defense in the conference. Big deal. Um, Auburn's kind of hitting their stride a little bit. I think finally they've got, you know, half dozen games or more under an actual good coach who has an established track record of winning ball games, not just winning, uh, the off season. Um, so I, I think Arkansas's performance last week was more of an aberration, uh, despite the fact that they absolutely deserve to beat us, um, they did do so. I mean, they did get their uh, running back back. So, yeah, I, I think that helped. Um, the Gators had some issues with injuries on the front seven. Not an excuse. I think it's just more of a reason to take Auburn. So, that's what I'm doing. So, I'm watching the game 
um I, I got i got i was fortunate enough to watch almost the entire game last week it was lovely i i missed uh i went i went to go pick up pizza from this phenomenal local pizza place called gianni's here in saint pete and I, while i was gone we were down 15 or 14 points and i was shocked my point is okay let, let me put it this way let me rephrase since of who's playing arkansas went up 14 and then blew that lead in like the longest first quarter i've ever experienced uh but you said something about someone hitting their stride. Speaking of which, KJ Jefferson hit the fuck out of his stride in the second half, especially the fourth quarter. Um, that dude willed that game. I mean, obviously, it didn't take um, it. It didn't help that or hurt rather that he was playing. It's a terrible defense, but that guy willed that last drive to take the lead. Um, they were, and then in in overtime, of course, as well. So um, I, I think. I'm, I I know I'm totally buying into the propaganda of that when at Florida, like it actually might mean something. Um, and this is, I mean, this is the same team that couldn't score a fucking touchdown. They scored three points at, at Mississippi state a couple weeks ago. And yet here I am, I'm blinded by the light. Um, I thought the line was going to be two points. It's three. This game has like push written all over it. Like a late field goal. They have a great kicker, Arkansas. Uh, that we heard about ad nauseum, and then of course he proved it um, last week. But I'm going to take the hogs at home. I'm going to break away from some of the pack, anyways. So we'll see. I I have to agree with that. Um, I watched on the replay of that, and by the way, that 25 yard touchdown run that KJ Jefferson had. That was the first rushing touchdown in SEC, SEC play this year for Arkansas. No wonder That's... Danny knows got fired. Um, oh and, and yeah, I know, right? And that's the thing. Um, if you look at LSU, if you look at what Bama did this past week, um, if you look at Arkansas, that's their strength is their quarterback runs. And so I think that they needed this kind of – I don't know, refresh, reset, and they found it. Whether it be against Florida or not, they just they did look like they were having fun again. Um, yeah. And granted, Auburn has become a better team since since the Mississippi State game, since they dished that two quarterback system crap. Um, but I'm I'm going to stick with the Hogs as much as I. Yeah, I I just think it, it's at home. I'll take I'll take that three. And I'll go with the Hogs. Woo Pig City. Dr. Producer. Yeah, I'll roll Auburn on this one. All right. So before we get to the next game, I just want to let everybody know that uh, I smoked a pork tenderloin yesterday. And cuz, what do you think I threw on that bitch? I, I have to presume, especially <laughs> in honor of our guests. I don't know if we mentioned that, but Ron is not only a huge LSU fan, but he's also the founder of Pandemic Sauce Company because this portion of the Bourbon Boys picking the SEC is brought to you by Pandemic Sauce Company. Amidst a worldwide pandemic and lockdown with nothing but time on his hands, Ron, our friend of the podcast, started experimenting in his kitchen to occupy his time. He soon discovered a knack of combining a variety of peppers with fruit juices to create some unique barbecue sauces. After sharing his sauces with family and friends, he has now decided to share them with the rest of the world and the goal to become your new favorite sauce. That's Pandemic Sauce Company, pandemicsaucecompany.com, 
enter code bourbon boys at checkout. So which one, uh, which flavor did you throw on the pork tendy? Mango habanero. And what would uh, Ronald have recommended? You think mango is the, I mean, because I, I, I'm sure you listened to last week's, you know, that, you know, we, we, I had that out. That was the last of my stock and I had it out um, for the, the, the smoked butt and the chicken. And I think it, it was perfect with both, but Gus told us that, that he, you know, he tends to use it on tenderloins on pork tenderloins. So I, I was just curious, like, since we have the expert here, like how would you direct your sauces to and what meats? Uh, actually that one is my favorite sauce of all of them. Um, Same. That and the pineapple reaper, but we're still hmm. trying to grow those, but the mango habanero is my favorite. It's just, um, go to, go to Publix or somewhere and get you some salmon or some shrimp skewers and put it on that. And I think it, it goes really well with that, but I use the mango habanero for everything, whether it be pork, whether it be beef, what chicken. So I'm glad you no. enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I, and, um, I do need to get, see if y'all need some more sauces. So I'd love to send you out some. I uh, played around, made a rub, so I can send you some samples of that. Hell yeah! That I've actually, great. I've actually, uh, because the jalapenos and habaneros you can get all the time. So I've been playing around. I did kind of perfect the black cherry jalapeno, so I can send you little samples of that. Absolutely. Uh, so just you know, let's make sure that we get some contact info, and I can share. Uh, I can send them out. But as far as the other three, the what's called the super hots or the exotics, I have a niece that's up in North Louisiana. She's got a greenhouse, and uh, you just can't grow them during the summer because once they get over eighty-five degrees, they just won't grow. Okay. So now they're starting to cool down. Um, We'll start coming out with some pineapple reaper, some uh, ghost blueberry, some scorpion guava. I'll gladly send those along to you. I'll let you taste those. You don't have to worry about them. The thing with these is it's not a YouTube challenge. I mean, I can make you a hot sauce that, mm. you know, just destroy your life. But I want you to taste what these peppers taste like. And they're very yeah. good peppers once you get past the pain. Uh, they have a very specific taste and everything I... I went through hell trying to figure out, you know, and like eating them raw, trying to figure out what would pair with what. So, uh, yeah. That's awesome, man. Uh, do you ever, are you going to consider like marketing the rub and putting it on your website as well? Yes. Um, I actually have uh, my brother. I've got three rubs. There's the original pandemic rub and there's the desert heat, which it's the, the original, right? I'm sorry. Yeah. The original, which I'm going to send you. Actually, I could probably send you all of them. And then I have something that I'm trying to figure out what to call it. Satan's dust is probably the best thing that we got. And that includes the Reaper, the Scorpion, and the Ghost Pepper powder. You can send that straight to Arizona for our producer. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, well, I mean, that's awesome. I'll I'm, glad, I'm, glad we, I'm glad we have you on here because uh, I appreciate a little insight yeah. about that. Um yeah. I, I am a little apprehensive about the hot ones, as you call them. So I can't imagine what the hell I would call them. It's it's not like when I did boost 
at like markets or whatnot, I would tell people, I was like, listen, by the time you get to the third booth, it's going to go away. Yeah, so yeah, totally. It's, it's, and it just depends on you. I mean, there's some people that came up. I was like, can you handle black pepper? And they're like, no. I'm like, well, you and I just met each other and you can go away. Keep walking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't want to see you spaz out. So, right. <laughs> um, I've had, had people had different reactions and stuff like that. Sometimes probably I've, because the peppers are weird. You can take four ghosts, four scorpions and four reapers and four habaneros. And those four habaneros together could be hotter than the four scorpions. It's just right. uh, peppers are weird. So every time I make something, it has the exact amount of peppers in it and stuff like that. But um yeah, no, I mean, we're on the website. I, I, we've got the website. I'm actually going to change. I figured this out the other day because I've been getting a lot of hits, but not a lot of orders. I'm now in a state that fucking fleeces everybody with tax. So I have a friend who I'm going to change the address back to Florida. Good. So taxes will not be like they are in Louisiana. Excellent. Well, I mean, hey. Not only are we glad to have you here for picking the games, you're a buddy of ours, but uh, I like that you got to do, you know, plug it personally. Uh, that's Pandemic Sauce Company, PandemicSauceCompany.com. Enter code Bourbon Boys at checkout for a discount. And like Ron said, the uh, the hot ones are on their way thanks to the greenhouse effect. I mean, situation. All right, seven o'clock game malt. Yeah. So. Um... I was saying we got Ole Miss going to Georgia. Georgia's a ten and a half point favorite. I think uh, I think Ole Miss is good, but I don't know that they're as good as their record and their ranking indicates. It seems like a little bit of smoke and mirrors. They've sort of skated through a few games, including last week against A and M. Um, but I I I just don't have a lot of faith in Jackson Dart on the road, especially at night. Um, and against the number one or number two team in the country. Um, you know, is there a world where Ole Miss plays a great game and upsets Georgia? Yeah. I just don't think it's likely. Um, and I just kind of feel like Georgia's maybe figuring out who they are. They seem to trust Beck a little bit more than they did the first four or five games. So, um, I think maybe this is where they flex for the first time this year and and get a big win at home against I think a slightly overrated top ten team. So I'll take the uh, the dogs. So um, in my little guesstimation chart, I had them at a two touchdown favorite Georgia. So by that logic, I would definitely pick the dogs. I mean, but I'm I'm trying to figure out some comparison via memory between or how I would feel in a Missouri, a healthy Missouri versus a healthy old Miss team. And I feel like Missouri is just kind of like, I mean, aside from their, you know, their, their wild loss against LSU. Um, I mean, it was a, it was an offensive, like, you know, crazy one plus a backdoor cover on an interception return that I mention every week that by LSU. So, okay. I'm not sure if I, I I'm not sure that score is indicative of the of how hard Missouri played LSU, especially in a shootout. Um, and then losing last week at Georgia was um, very, very competitive. Um, Ole Miss, they've done really well this year. 
they laid an egg against uh, Alabama, which is probably not the game you want to lay that egg. And then they beat A&M last week. I thought they had opportunities. It was on at the same time as Florida, so I was I was kind of flipping back and forth. I thought they had opportunities to uh, to pull away, but 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 A and M played them pretty tough. Um, that being said, if if Georgia was playing A and M, I would probably have Georgia by like seventeen. So I think like in the in a in a in a imaginative transitive property type world, I'm going to take. Thank you. I'm going to take Georgia um, to to beat this spread. I, I, I would love to see Georgia go down. I just don't think it's going to happen this week. So I was listening um, to, I believe it was Ryan Rossello and he had one of my favorite guys, Danny Cannell on. Mm. Um, yeah, exactly. Fuck that, that guy. Fuck that guy. Um, that but he, he brought up something. I can't remember what the exact, statistical category was I can't remember if it's completion completion percentage or if it's yards through this many games but Beck is better than Stetson Bennett Eric Zaire and Matthew Stafford like wow. he's he's like the best quarterback I think for Georgia at this point in the season ever in the history of the program which was kind of shocking to me I can't fucking believe that that guy looks spaced out half the time I mean <laughs> I know I know um, good for him, but, him. yeah, but it, it's, it's one of those categories, I guess that matters. Who knows? Uh, maybe it's war. Do they even do war in football? I don't think they do. It's only baseball, but, um, yeah, 10 and a half to me is a big number. I could see Ole Miss actually winning this game in a tight one. I think it's going to be tight either way. I just think this line is, is way too high. I get it. It's at Georgia. I get it. that Ole Miss, you know, malt, I kind of agree with your assessment of them. Um, but I don't know. For some reason, I think Georgia's going to get a loss at some point, and maybe it's not this week, but it'll be a close game. I think it'll it'll be closer than the Missouri game last week for Georgia. So, give me old piss. So, just real quick before we uh, send it over to our illustrious sponsor, the um, I feel like the the way I'm thinking because I I thought Ole Miss could possibly win this game as well. I'm I'm kind of almost like looking at like or envisioning like a backdoor quote unquote, like Georgia cover, like they're going to extend They're going to, they're going to, you know, they're going to cover this game late. Um, a la LSU in Missouri, which now that's the fourth time I brought it up. So that's good. Ron. Uh, I do like the over in this. Um, and I was really, I, and when, when I was doing my research on this game and everything, I did find out that, all right, Lane Kiffin is one in nine. Or no, no, excuse me, one in nineteen against Power Five teams who went on to win at least nine regular season games. So, I mean, basically, he looks good starting the year and fails. And the last time he did that was when he was the interim coach at USC against Oregon. So, and he'll probably get number two once LSU gets the nine wins this year. Knock on wood. Um, the dogs haven't lost a night game since 2009. Um, as good as Jackson Dart is, yes, I don't trust him either. He, God, what was there was this old Miss uh quarterback that I want to compare him to, um, and I can't think of his name right now, but um, 
anyway, Plumley. No, not Plumley. Not the guy at U, uh, UCF. UCF. Uh, God damn it. I had it written down and I can't freaking find it now. Kevin Sneed. No. I'll I don't figure. know. Bo but, Walsh. Um, Ole Miss hadn't beaten an, uh, a top five team on the road since. Chad Kelly. Sorry. Since uh, uh, Hugh Freeze. I'll I'll go with the dogs on this one. I'm going to find out right now. Man, those are some crazy. Those are some crazy stats you brought up. Uh, I did my research. That I've done nothing today but cram for like a final exam because I didn't want to sound like a fucking idiot. Well, you should have listened to the other. <laughs> you have to go. I set the bar very, very low. Um, no, but that's wild. So basically what you're saying was Kiffin hasn't Lane Kiffin hasn't won against a team that has won nine games or more since he was an interim coach at USC. Yep. And it, that was, against I mean, potentially and against Oregon. And so it's potentially it's LSU this year. That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. I, and I think, and we'll get into this in a second. Cause I'm going to bring him up again. I, I personally don't like the guy. I think he's an asshole. I know he's an asshole. Uh, doctor knows why. Uh, but I think the guy kind of knows his his offenses and stuff like that. But I just think, you know, like with the thing with uh, Bama, he spends too much time on the Internet poking yeah. the fucking bear. And I think he could have already beaten Saban by now if he hadn't poked the bear. But I just – I don't have faith in him. I don't have faith in him. He's good to start the year. He's not good to finish the year. Doc, uh, I'll take Georgia. Bo Wallace. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Malt Liquor mentioned him. Okay, great. Doctor Bo. Pride of Pulaski, Tennessee. <laughs> the hell of a place. The rich history. Hmm. 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 We got your seven thirty game. The Florida Gators, without black uniforms. Rolling into LSU, LSU is a 14-point home favorite. I didn't watch either of these two teams play last week. Uh, probably happy I didn't watch the Gator game from the uh, the text that were going off in my pocket. <laughs> um, but so Jaden Daniels still hasn't practiced this week. Maybe he practiced today, but the last report I saw was yesterday, and he still today. wasn't. He did practice? Yeah. Okay, well, then he's, he's a go. Play. Either way, I don't think, and I'll, you know, I probably should let you guys talk first to to sway me one way or the other, but uh, Florida's awful. I know LSU's defense isn't good, but apparently Florida's isn't either. So, yeah, I'll take uh, I'll take the go title. Go title. So I'm not sure if this is going to be how this is going to look, but I, I opened a uh, Parish Brewing Company the ghost in the machine. It's a double IPA. So pray for the snoring in my house tonight. Um, so I, you know, like I, I watched a lot of that game. I, I mean, all of Florida's game, uh, a good part of the LSU Bama game. Um, I'm still like on the fence. I know I don't want our producer to pull his sponsor. I mean, our sponsor to pull his sponsorship when I say this, but I'm on the fence about this targeting thing. It was a, it was a fucking intense, tense hit. 
on a guy who I think is like made of like a weight. It looks like a wafer. He He's like, to me, he's got the body type of Jordan Travis. And, I, and I've seen Daniels take bad hits and, and have a hard time getting up at Missouri. For example, he took that huge shot in the end zone. Now he did get up and finish the game. It wasn't to his head, but I mean, so his toughness is, his toughness is not in doubt. Like, I mean, but his fragility in some capacity in the future concerns me. Um, so like when he takes a big hit and has a head injury, um, I mean, you know, you, you, you fly all the way back to 2009 and Tebow was like one and like two weeks removed from a concussion at Tennessee or at Kentucky. And he played and he clearly wasn't right even that long. So, I mean, there are, there is a, a concern, but, but if he's already at practice, he's definitely playing. Um, I think, is it Nussmeyer? Mm-hmm. Child, yeah. Nussmeyer's yeah. child is the backup quarterback. I, I, I think knowing what I know about his father, I'd prefer that guy behind the snap, just regardless. Um, but not knowing anything, uh, the efficacy of Daniels. It, it, but I just, I kind of feel like this game is one of those situations where we have two terrible defenses against each other. And 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 frankly, if if Billy Napier's ever, I'm I'm only doing this because I feel like Billy Napier is hopefully at some point in his life capable of learning something, like don't bench or whatever happened to Trey Wilson from quarters two through four or not through four, but two, you know, four, I feel like we can score on teams. It is conceivable. Like scoring is not, I'm not saying it's not an issue, but it it seems to be conceivable at this point. Um, I feel like if LSU wins this, it's going to be another one of those um, famed uh, backdoor beat or backdoor cover the spreads. But I think Florida is going to lose this closer uh, than the spread says, but a loss nonetheless. So I am going to take Florida with no, no real hopes of a victory here. If that makes anyone feel great. Yeah. I I feel like Florida, it was, we felt good about our defense the first few games and thought the offense sucked. Now it's kind of flipped. The two things that have remained consistent is our special teams is just, atrocious and our coach is a fucking idiot he's just a fucking idiot how do you not have a team that knows when you're inside 15 seconds the minute you get the ball inside the 20 you got a first down you got plenty of time you clock the ball why do we have a field goal unit running out there and i know he came up with some some excuse on saturday that was like, oh, we'll have to look into it. I don't even know what happened because I'm so disgusted. I don't even want to like look at the guy's face anymore. Um, so uh, with that said, I had a good time. Started, had a jello shot on the party bus at West Shore Mall at 7.30. Yes. Um, drank all the way up to Gainesville. Drank while well, in Gainesville. Had Did you beer, drink in the stadium? Had a beer at halftime. And then walked over to the dog and paid $10 cover to have one beer before it was time to get back on the bus. Well, so I didn't you, see. You also said you had a shot of Jaeger. So I did. Thugs. I think, I think your texts were lagging. I, I was hoping that was true as well, but no, I had a shot of a uh, fireball before the game. 
but oh in, um, while you were in the dog that's fine it was a text that suge- suggested you had a, a shot of jaeger oh i probably lied i mean i might have had one i could have forgotten but nice. um but yeah uh you know whatever that was fun it was a nice day but you know th- with respect to this the spread uh i don't care i mean since daniels is playing then this makes this very easy um yeah. So the only thing that would give me some sort of hesitation is just the history of this rivalry. LSU's working on a four-game winning streak, but most of those games have been within, or I think all of those games have been within this number. I think the furthest spread is like 10 points, I think, last year. But we've given up 42, 37, 49, and 45 points last four games against them, which is unheard of for a Florida team program that generally has a good defense so um it could be you know garrett nussmeyer uh you know brad nussmeyer his sister playing quarterback you know daniels is tough but i don't think he needs to be tough because we don't have a defense that could touch him um so i like lsu i i mean our offense is good lsu's defense is not good so there's a potential for a backdoor cover kind of similar to what you know, maybe happened last year when we only lost by 10. But uh, I like LSU, and I'll lay those two touchdowns, no problem. Yeah. I mean, you made a good point, and also, like, the, the, the those last scores, I wish I had done a, a modicum of research on the history. I mean, aside from – I mean, because when did we win last in this game? Five, five years ago, the one Joe Burrow's – junior year when uh what's oh. his name picked it off at the end of the game brad yeah. something mm-hmm. yeah. and then we, that we won that game by eight because of that yeah. interception yeah. we were up by one and picked it off picked him off and ran back now that was a glorious occasion um it's fading from my memory mm-hmm. ron what do you think man all right so yeah um it's actually been hit on. Uh, the last 11 games have been won by 14 points or less. So this spread is right there where it should be. Um, so does anybody know the all-time, want to guess the all-time record with these? They played 69 times. I looked this up, so I won't guess, but I'll see if you guys, I know it, but. Yeah, I was I, I was blown away. I, I I was amazed by it. Yeah, thirty four, thirty four, one. No, thirty three, thirty three, uh, and three. Thirty three. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, yeah. So the, this is actually going to be, you know, the rubber match. Yeah, they can't tie anymore. Um, it, it's again preseason hype. I can tell you a lot of people probably bought into a lot of crap over last year. Um, I do think that we are on the right path. Got a really good coach. He's just been trying to hold together this team with duct tape and super glue. Um, Ed O didn't really, you know, kind of leave him right. But anyway, uh, I think Mertz has, the times I've watched him, He's their offense has shown sparks here or there, and with two bad defenses, I mean, because LSU is really they lost uh, 
that they lost Mason, they lost Wingo, uh, Major Harris is, they've got uh, freshmen and sophomore, as does Florida, I believe, playing in in the backfield on the defense. So this game could, I don't, I don't know if I like the 63 and a half, um, but I definitely don't like the 14. Uh, they are 93 and 11 since 2000 at night. I was there for two of the losses, which was Tennessee after Katrina and Tim Tebow. And then Alabama probably had the rest of them. Um, I, I'm going to go with my Tigers, but I'm not going to go with them to cover. And I take, ah! and I take the cover as well. Also, you wanted to know, hold on. <laughs> this is how petty I can be at times. <laughs> um, it's on my phone. As of right now, it's been 1,859 days since Florida has beaten LSU. All right. Saturday night, it will be 1,861. Huh. All right. You've earned your spot on this podcast <laughs> as a guest. Um, I I love y'all. It's uh it's crazy because you so you picked Florida to cover um or to beat this well whatever it's called yeah beat the spread the uh I think y'all you think you and I were on the same side last year maybe lone wolfie you know whatever you know me calling for a, an outright dub or maybe it was the year before it was like there's there's been a time where so I, that's why I said that's why I, I exclaimed fuck I thought they would lose last year. Yeah. God, I don't Doctor. remember last year's game. Oof. Uh, I'll take LSU. No way. We can All right. Win. No way. So <laughs> before we, we get away with this, go away from this game, I meant to do this when I was talking, but uh friend of the show, sometimes guest uh, Jim and I were texting um, a couple nights ago. And he's really into AI. Um, what? And so he's got Chat GPT, and uh, he he had a letter generated to, we'll call it the president or the athletic director <laughs> of Florida, but it says owner. And I'm going to read that to you now. Subject: Urgent action needed for Florida Gators performance. Dear owner, we Jim and Gus are writing to deeply or writing you as deeply concerned fans of the Florida Gators. We have been loyal supporters of the team and have celebrated his victories over the years. However, the recent performance of the team has left us and many others disappointed. The new coach, Billy, was brought in with the promise of resurrecting the football program. However, the reality has been far from it. The team's performance has been consistently poor, and it's clear that Billy's current strategies are not working. We believe that immediate action is needed to prevent further damage to the team's reputation. Here are some of the steps that we strongly suggest. Billy needs a competent support staff. Uh, Billy needs a competent support staff. It's evident that he's struggling and additional help could make a significant difference. Two, Billy's coaching skills need improvement. We recommend arranging for professional training programs or workshops. <laughs> Three, there seems to be a communication gap between Billy and the, and the team members. This needs to be addressed immediately to understand and rectify any issues within the team. Four, Regular performance reviews and feedback are crucial. Billy needs to understand where he's going wrong and what he can do to improve. The Gators have a leg legacy to uphold, and the current state of affairs is not acceptable. 
We hope that you will take our suggestions into consideration and take the necessary steps to improve the team's performance. Sincerely, Jim and Gus. Hey, I do have a question. I mean, that's pretty uh, solid. Sorry, that's solid. Yeah. No, I, I I agree with some of that. I mean, the guy's got forty-five people in blue polos in the team picture, and nobody can tell the special teams. Uh, you need more than ten people how to block field goals, or this, that, and the other. Um, you obviously don't want to get into this rut of firing somebody every three years because it's just going to set your program back and back and back and back. Um, Cause Florida's got money and they've got talent in the state. I, I I'm just curious. I mean, it's going to take a lot to make a bowl this year. Hopefully they have a good APR so they can. Uh, Cause next year is a brutal, brutal schedule. I wouldn't want wish that on my, my team. Um, I'm just curious is what do you think? I mean, do you want to issue him out? I mean, or do you want to, cause I think you should give the guy time. Cause if you want to look up at, uh, uh, up to Tallahassee, they were ready to get rid of him, but they couldn't afford it. And now look where they are, which I hate. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I want to send I, this to, to malt liquor. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, that, I just want to let you know. Yeah. No, I, I read an article. So this guy, Dave Wonderlich, who writes for, I think, Gator Country or you know one of those. The short answer is I don't think we should fire him. Um, I don't think we can. Like the way his buyouts, it, it would be exorbitantly expensive. I, I think he, he we don't even get like an offset yeah. if, um, you know, another team hires him, which I don't know why they would. But um Ew. But yeah, I mean, he, he's done a great job recruiting and maybe he's realized that he's taken on too much and will step back and be more of a CEO so that he can yeah, cut back on the, the it's, I mean, the stupid mistakes and, and the bullshit. Um, he was pretty upfront from what I understand that it was kind of a mess. And we, the, the way that the article was written was that, was that he was starting almost at year zero rather than year one. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think we should get rid of them. I'll give them at least a year. If we show some improvement, even if our, you know, even if we like just make a bowl next year, I'd, I'd probably keep them around just to, you know, give them a chance and at least continue the recruiting. I mean, if he wasn't recruiting well, I'd be like, well, we got to move on. Um, but he's recruiting well. So, um, and we don't want to get in that rut where we're like Tennessee was, you know, where you're flipping coaches every two years and you just, you know, I, I just would have liked to have seen more of an improvement on defense, but yeah, that's, I don't, ex if you, I don't think we should fire him, but if, if you ask me if I think he'll be our coach three years from now, I would say no. <laughs> so that's my thoughts. So, um, well, well go ahead. I mean, I just, I, I don't want to interrupt our sponsor here, Ron, but um, I, uh, I know you're probably loving this by the way, like this hey. turmoil Gator nation, <laughs> the, um, you know, Gator nation light, like, you know, like a small little sample size. Um, I was, I was texting with a friend of a friend of the podcast earlier this week. And I basically laid out, you know, certain, I'd say, I think there are three that I think, three points we need to hit two of 
in order for me to feel comfortable going into next year. And, and basically we need to be competitive if in two of the, of the last three games, if not win one of the last, if not win one or two of the last three, we have to at least show, be competitive in the games. I'd love to see y'all beat Florida state. Oh, I mean, who wouldn't? Everybody hates Florida state. They're a bunch of scumbags. The number two would be, we have to hold this recruiting class intact because we have a probably one of the best recruiting classes we've ever had i mean not necessarily numbers wise i think it's i think it's a top it's definitely a top five class i'm, I'm sure we've had a number one class at some point the last our, time i looked it was number three all right number three so yeah. we need that that is imperative and then number three going into the you know excuse me going into next season i think napier has to make multi you know like changes he has to get an oc step back be more of a ceo the recruiting is phenomenal he needs to hire better assistants he needs to figure out i don't understand why it hasn't been figured out yet the special teams thing especially since he is theoretically the special teams coach he has a special teams advisor during practice week and then he is the coach on game day he's obviously spreading himself too thin and that's that's cool in the Mac or whatever the fuck he was in, you know, the Sun Belt. Now it seems a little bit more like obvious. Like the thing that killed Mullen was that he was too stubborn. He wasn't lazy willing. Too. He was a lazy recruiter. He was stubborn, too stubborn to to. He didn't think he needed to recruit. He didn't think he needed to like fire, you know, Third and Grantham or Hevesy. And until it was too late to make to make changes. Um, I remember like when we hired him, there were like all these Mississippi State people posting on Twitter about what, you know, how stupid we were and how, you know, he was going to. And he did everything. He checked every box that they mentioned. And it's like I thought they were just spitting out sour grapes. You know, I mean, it's not like and, and look, I think with Mike Leach, they would at least been fun and competitive. You know, God rest his soul. So. What they said about, you know, so I'm, I mean, there was obviously changes to be made. That article made a good point. Year zero. I guess that makes this year one. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, let's see. I mean, next year's schedule is a buzzsaw, but are we competitive? Are we not making the coaching type mistakes that we're making this year? Very important to see in 2024. I just think... If you look at the team photo, it it kind of reminds me of an MC Hammer behind the music where he had just all these people on the payroll just sitting there and it wasn't doing any good. And as I said, he's got like 30 plus something people in polos and nobody can make the right decisions. And, and you know, because I remember watching the Utah game and it's like, how can, and, and listen to y'all about that as well, too. And I'm like, how can you kind of make that mistake? Um, I think, you know, the, yeah, he talks kind of slow and everything like that, but he's got a really good recruiting class. And I was just curious because I don't get to talk to many Florida Gator fans here. And really, nobody here has that much intelligence. I wonder, I, I mean, I wonder what his recruiting pitch is because somebody said it, 
like some message board said, I mean, like the money is there, but it's there a lot of places. It isn't about the. I mean, it isn't necessarily about the money that is getting the kids to go there. I mean, it's not like an extra zero or I mean, obviously zeros are big deal, but you know, my, my, my point stands. Um, so I wonder what his, you know, like recruiting pitch is. Is it simply look how shitty we are? We need you. I mean, we're playing, we have the youngest roster or the youngest play, you know, players per whatever snap in the power five and like the youngest defense in the power five. So, you know, these are important details. At some, I mean, at some point he's going to have to, he's not going to have the excuse. I guess that's my point. At some point he's not going to have the excuses, but for now, you know, like back of my brain still does. So I don't know. I hope he's our coach in three years because that's a good, that's a good thing. Yeah. Is Mertz coming back? Yeah. He's got another year. Mertz, right? is, Mertz has another year. Yeah. Okay. No Ricky, but I mean, Wilson obviously is, and Khalil, I like Khalil. He, he, he didn't, you know, he wasn't like, he didn't like do anything great last week, but he's got a great pedigree. So let's hope that. Well, Mullen left y'all screwed. So, especially on defense, but you know, again, yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like on. we're we're similar to LSU, right? We're like both coaches came in screwed, but yeah. you hired a guy who's got an established record of being a competent coach at a high level. Yeah, we don't. That's why we're so much like alike. Yeah, yeah, you know, God. <laughs> All right. I appreciate the uh, questions. All right. Nightcap. And I need a lot of drinks to watch this game. Uh, Mississippi State at A&M. A&M is an 18-point favorite, which seems really high until you look at what MSU's done. Um, A&M has been... In most every game they've played, I, they got smoked by Miami, but I think every other game has been like a one score game and they've just been on the, the wrong end of that. Mississippi State's kind of been the opposite. They've just been just consistently pretty terrible. Um, their defense did a good job holding Kentucky down, but I think they had like just their offense is just putrid. Um, Talent is squarely on AM's side. I don't feel like they've quit. You know, they played Ole Miss pretty well. Um, I think they're ready for a big win and kind of kind of needing it. So um, just because more of the fact that Mississippi State is terrible, even though this is a big number, I think uh, I think AM's gonna cover this at home. So I will take them laying the 18. Yeah, I I agree. I I the one note I wrote was Gigum. Um, I thought it was going to be a uh, a little bit of lower of a, of a line. I mean, eighteen is a lot for an an A and M team that nobody has much faith in. But you know, they played Ole Miss really well last week, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ride that. So um, and also Mississippi State's fucking terrible, and I I hate to say that. You know, like I don't want to disrespect the memory of a a legend, but um, the guy they hired, uh, th- this has got to be one of those like desperate hires. I think they're going to have to do a real coaching search this off season because 
Mississippi State is still in the SEC, and we've seen that they can have success. You know, so this is whatever. It would it would be funny to see both them and Mullen reunite because <laughs> they like they trash Mullen for leaving. And you know, oh my god, thinks, it'd be hilarious. You know, he thinks he's better than than that than Starkville, but of course he does. I think would be great. And I mean, I hate to say this because I don't know the future, but coaching style alone, I feel like Billy Napier would have been a great fit at Mississippi State. Judging by what I would have seen. IQ too. Yeah. I think if, All right. It, it, just based off, it, just, yeah, based off the. It, it, from what I've from what I've seen in Starkville, yes. Yeah. Gus, what about you, buddy? Yeah, so Mississippi State, the last three games, they've combined to score 23 points. So, yeah. Uh, and AM has a decent defense. That's probably the strength of their team. This is in um, College Station, under the lights, bonfires, you know, things of that nature um, gone wrong. But uh, now Mississippi State's their putrid team. They're not good at all. Um, there's not really much to say about this. I'd probably watch this over the Vandy South Carolina game, but maybe not. I don't know. I have a pseudo affinity for Vandy, but uh, yeah, uh, give me give me the Aggies. Hmm. So Will uh, Rogers is probably not going to play. Max Andrew, uh, Max Johnson is not that good of a quarterback. We don't know how injured he is. He, he He's questionable. So his backup is a transfer from uh, Fresno State. The guy's only had eight pass attempts in college. Six of them were against FCS teams. Um, I don't understand what's going on in College Station. I've... And getting back to Lane Kiffin, if you gave Lane Kiffin that team, where would they be right now? And I believe Malt Liquor is the one that has said, or maybe Gus is the one, um, if they get a good coach, they're going to be a scary, scary. Oh, sorry, cousin. <laughs> I, I, I knew it was somebody, but I do agree with you. If they find somebody worth they're green and salt. They're going to be a dangerous team, which by the way, I read something today that Ed Ogeron was one of the candidates to replace him. So yeah, go right ahead. Give him all the money. He'll blow it on Coke and a 22 year old and some kind of Houston strip club. But, um, you know, and Zach Arnett, I think he was at the right place at the right time, but the wrong place at the wrong time. They just, you know, and, but him changing the whole offensive philosophy and he's a defensive coach, if I'm not um, mistaken. Um, also, I did not know that that is Leroy Selman's uh, nephew that is the uh, AD. Oh, wow. I didn't know that either. Of Mississippi State. Hmm. That, is, that is Dewey's brother. So it's got a connection to me and Dr. Yes. So um, on that note, I'm going to go with Mississippi State to cover. Doctor, who you got, buddy? Uh, I'm going to be with Ron. I think it's too big of a number. It's too late in the evening. They'll be sluggish. So 
Yeah, See, I'll take uh, Mississippi State. I don't disagree with you about Arnett. I mean, like, I think that kind of goes into my point. Like, he kind of filled in – he's filling in shoes. Like, they didn't expect to have to go on a – Yeah. On a coaching search. And it's fine that they did this. I mean, that guy – and and I don't like I don't want to comment on someone's intelligence. I'm not the smartest box in the tool, but like I like he definitely comes across as like dumb as shit. So you know, I don't know. There's just a lot about that circumstance that, you know, especially the games I have unfortunately watched, you know, not just in all the research I do for this illustrious podcast, but the you know, in general, it's on TV. Um and I just don't see what the hell they're. I don't really. I I couldn't tell you. I like. I feel like they went from like air raid to like, you know, run three downs or run, you know, three and outs. Just like you know, punt the ball. They're like kind of like a Will Muschamp mindset. God, he do. You know what? Maybe he should be the next coach at Mississippi State. But great. still needs to win one more game to be bowl. What are their, what's their rest of their schedule look like? Anyone have it on in, on them? Uh, they have State, they have some shitty team. Yeah, between that and then they come to Baton Rouge. Yeah, like Sam right. Sam Houston State or something. Yeah, something like that. Does that shit so, count still? Like yeah, you know, these whack ass. So they'll probably get into it, but if and I'm and there again. I don't see paying $78 million to send the guy on his way. But Abilene, I, Christian. I also do think Jimbo Fisher is the same thing as Ed, is Gene Chizik and Ed Ogeron. They had generational quarterbacks that just, you know, we're going to do nothing but win a game. Yeah. And um, I said it, I said it when he left LSU, I did not, I, he, he lost to UAB. I mean, you know, Sabe even ripped him a new asshole because he called the play. He lost to UAB right down the road. Yeah. So I never thought he was that good of a coach. I never liked Ed O. Never thought Gene Chiswick was a good coach. But they just happened to have good quarterbacks. And now you see what they have. It's so crazy because, like, I used to think, like, the quarterback – I mean, well, not used to. I mean, like, you know, th- there are these generational quarterbacks that, like, have kind of been the, the proven the, you know, the Heisman Trophy winner at some point in his career, either gets the national championship game or wins it. It seems like it happens so often, of course. Yet, Georgia and Kirby Smart, I mean, that's that, that guy scares the crap out of me. Yeah. But he's doing this. I mean, he's doing it with top five, three talent. But their quarterbacks are nothing like you know spectacular. Nick Saban, he won. Yeah, that's right. That's a yeah. That's a great national championships with guys that knew how to hand off. And now, but you know, Greg McElroy, AJ McCarron. Yeah, that's no. That's a great point. And then, but then, of course, they get like you know Tua Mm -hmm. and Bryce. You know, and I mean, you know, so yeah, hurts exactly. I mean, like. I mean, God, who wouldn't have wanted? I mean, obviously, who wouldn't have wanted Hurts? I mean, obviously, Oklahoma. He went to Oklahoma, and that was a great thing for his career, future career, of course. Yeah, a guy that has killed three Heisman quarterbacks has ruined three Heisman quarterbacks. 
He had three husband quarterbacks and he ruined them. I mean, he could have won a national championship with that. And that's what I mean. Yeah. He had the opportunity with three Heisman quarterback and thank God that he didn't come to LSU. So glad we dodged that bullet. Look at that defense. Mm. Which defense? Sorry, I blacked out. Oh, and by the way, I can tell you why you lost last week because of the black jerseys. Black jerseys are a curse. Look at every time somebody wears black jerseys. I know. Look at Georgia. They wore black jerseys one time. They'll never fucking wear oh, those. Yeah, they, yeah, they won't. That was yeah. a night game against the, they they hosted Alabama. Yeah. So Whoops. black jerseys are the curse. If you don't have black in your repertoire, don't even wear it out there. That's just a bad idea. No, I'm sure it's turned into a, a tradition now because thankfully they honored the excellence and integrity and loyalty of the of the United States military. And I think speaking for members of this podcast, I think we can all appreciate that. Oh, wait, maybe, hold on, getting a note in. Perhaps that's not a universal thought. No, for the military guy now. No, no. All right, that's that's our slate for the week, but there are some other big national games. Uh, Michigan-Penn State. We have mm-hmm. Miami-Florida State. Utah-Washington. Yeah, I heard someone say that the Michigan ceiling, stealing scandal was the worst scandal in Big Ten football history. Yeah, the well, uh, my gosh. <laughs> Whoops. Eclipsing no. raping of boys in showers. Which- I think they don't. I think there's a there's a segment of the population that doesn't care about children's rights anymore, my friend. <laughs> Good gravy. Calm down, Epstein. Did you see that there was a uh, a writer from the Indie Star that said that he would not vote for, a, and he has a Heisman vote, he wouldn't vote for J.J. McCarthy because his team stole signs. What a hero. Wow. I know, right? And, and he actually, in the article, it says, because I want to be able to sleep well at night. Oh, God. Yes, he did. <laughs> it's in there. Um, his name is uh, Greg Doyle. So go look it up. I, yeah. I, I I heard that today. And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Um, listen, it's every team is out there trying to steal signs. Dion even put it better Listen, it's not like you know a curveball's coming and you're just going to smack the shit out of it. Um, in 2007, Florida knew that Jacob Hester was going to get that ball every fourth and one and couldn't Dang. stop. In 2008, during the cell phone call, everybody knew that Tim Tebow was going to get that ball. Could not stop it. Marvin Harrison Jr., you know they're going to get the ball. Could not stop it. This whole side, I just think that People didn't give a shit about Jim Harbaugh when he was mediocre, and now that he's gotten good, they just yeah. I I don't know. Not to sound like you know some former president, but it sounds like a witch hunt. Yeah, uh, I don't. I, I I agree. I think it's part of it's because he's loathsome. Um, he's winning. Uh, he's winning, and then I think a lot of sports media probably recognize that he doesn't share their political views yeah it's kind of funny you say that um you know and 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 this is not a political podcast but there's a former president up for like a number of you know charges here and there and it's 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 the subject of the charges 
matters because, you know, this kind of stuff, a lot of people are just kind of going, eh, who cares? Like, for example, Jim Harbaugh, I don't really care for the guy. So when I hear that, like, you know, he's being investigated, I'm like, I am one of those people going, eh, who cares? You know, like, I don't like the guy. I don't care what happens to Michigan. If I were looking at this through like a, you know, like completely unbiased eye, which is almost impossible in college football, um, I probably would agree. No, I mean, I, I do agree. I do agree. But I would probably like be a little bit more vocal on how it's complete bullshit because I'm not going to say that you should change your signals every single game, uh, especially if you're dealing with incompetent people on sidelines. I'm not saying they are. I just mean like, you know, certain programs we're dealing with um but you have to i mean what like i'm I'm not exactly sure like what is the difference between this and scouting like yeah how much you learn and if you're learning what their signals are i mean who the hell's fault is that and there's another thing that i saw last week and i love this and um it was jim McElwain. think yeah. and, and to me, I was like, well, didn't you get fired for, like, making false death threats? And he was like, well, I don't know if he was on our sidelines or not. I'm like, well, how do you not know? You're the one issuing the passes. But I... Well, I he, he he coached... He must have known this guy, right? I don't. I didn't read any of the articles. I just some kind of, like... I know that he coached at Michigan. So he knew the guy. Mm-hmm. And this guy ends up on his sideline. Now, I'm going to I know that, like, you know, if you go by, you know, like certain logic, I mean, I presume in the military, like you're responsible for everybody underneath you. Would that be correct, Gus? Like a commanding officer. So that's correct. Let's just say we'll say sort of. Yeah, there's layers to it. But yes, of course, of course. So the argument is that, like, you know, McIlwain should know who gets field credentials exactly but but maybe he doesn't know though you know i mean if, i can't imagine what would happen if someone walked into spurrier's office and said hey hey would it be all right if my nephew got a field credential he'd be like what the hell do i care you know <laughs> something like that especially <laughs> like on a thursday before the fucking game so i will give him a little bit of like leeway on that but the fact that he coached at michigan is kind of where the damning not, and, and and by damning i mean if this is as disgusting and un- unconscionable as people are claiming, I could see how Jimmy baked beans teeth could be, uh, associate, you know, like could be affiliated with that. That's the nickname for, uh, and Michael apparently Man. this assistant is an ex military code breaker. No, come on. No, 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 no. I, I have listened to it. I've read everything about it. He was in the military. He was a code breaker. He was Is one- he Navajo? Uh, I, I, no, well, not that kind of code breaker. Oh, but, oh, 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 my bad. But no, um, but that's what his specialty in the military was, was to figure out shit like this. Yeah. <laughs> He's not a right. What has Miami done? Like, they beat Clemson in a weird kind of overtime recently yeah. what, what else have they done like uh like they what smacked makes... a&m they fucked bad against georgia tech right uh, georgia tech. they suck they just got smoked by nc state what's the line on that one do we know we have it's it off... 14 14 oh christ all right so there's no real hope that 
I don't even know. I mean, I, I that's one of those games where I used to root for uh, in my more immature days, I would root for the stadium to collapse. Uh, or Al Qaeda. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Hamas these days. Well, that would rally us, though, you know, as Americans. Actually, right. I got, like Christ. podcast got flagged. Yeah. I got six games that I actually really, really looked at this week. Um, it was the Miami Florida State. Uh, the one that really made me a head scratcher was Oklahoma State is at UCF, and they're only getting three points. Or no, 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 they're giving, giving. three. Yeah. Um, which I, I, I the, the over under on that is like what 64 and a half. Yeah. Um, the, the, the Arizona game with um, at Colorado is like 54 and a half. Who, by the way, Dr. Jed Fish should win Pac 12 coach of the year. I am firmly on that. That's Scoot- a Florida guy. So, yes, I'm I hoping. Yeah. So um, and the West Virginia at OU, I think West Virginia, I think Oklahoma, I think what you saw last year is what Dick the Federals is. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, last week, Malt Liquor mentioned Bedlam, and uh, I guess it's the last year of official Bedlam. Yeah. One money on that. Hey, uh, and that's great. And, and And frankly, like as someone who. I think is indifferent about Oklahoma state. I, I put that in the text group, but I didn't get a response. I think we're, well, I presume I like it was because malt liquor was a, a Jaeger deep on a party bus, but yeah, I mean, I've never, I don't, I mean, I've always kind of liked Mike Gundy. Mm-hmm. I, I've never had a problem with great, Oklahoma great state mascot, per se. They have a great mascot, awesome stadium. A lot, a lot going for it. I don't, aside from the fact that I have no idea what living in um, Stillwater, Stillwater, Oklahoma would be like. Uh, but it seems I'm like 40, one of those I'm places. a man. I love it, man. Um, I'm a man. I'm 40. And it, uh, there was always talk about him coming to Florida, but he, they were always using that as leverage so he could get it. And you know what? Good for Gundy. I'm happy for him. But I was really happy. I don't like Oklahoma. I don't think I ever have rooted for them. I could care less about the Red River Rory now, but um if you ever get a chance, go. No, I know. I, I want to. I want to. it's one of those games. It's one of it's one of those kind of bucket list games, but who knows when that'll ever happen. Dallas is a great city. Um that I mean, is- I, I yeah, go ahead. No, uh, that in Utah and Washington looks to be a good one. Um, yeah, that's a good game. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I think the Oregon and USC game, <laughs> you definitely take the over in that one. Um, and I know y'all rag on Bo Nix all the time, and I have too, but he's, you know, he, he just could have been in the wrong fit at the wrong time. Um, he's actually playing well, you know, within to be mentioned in New York which I kind of think that award this year is going to be crap because I think the best player in college football is sitting in Baton Rouge right now, but that's another rant that I'll go off on. But um, somebody other than Jaden Daniels or am I crazy? No, I think Jaden Daniels is the best ball out of everybody. I I, I mean, he's, he's a magician. That's for sure. I I love him on my team. Yeah. I, I, 
you know, last year's winner, he wasn't involved in in anything, and he won the Heisman Trophy. But uh, that being said, um, I do like the Utah and Washington game. Um, I kind of like Utah in that one because ever since the Oregon game, I think well, uh, the Huskies have tailed off. I think Oregon's the better team. And if they play again, it's going to be a different outcome. It's just me. Cool. Well, that will do it for the Bourbon Boys podcast. I want to thank our sponsor, Pandemic Sauce Company. That's pandemicsaucecompany.com. Enter code Bourbon Boys at checkout. They are represented tonight on the podcast by our good friend, Ron. Uh, don't don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, follow, share this episode with your friends and hit up pandemicsaucecompany.com. Next week, the Berman Boys will be picking uh, week 12 of the SEC. And I was trying to think of something funny to say, but who knows what condition the Gators are going to be in. It's either going to be a blowout or a close loss, I think, is pretty much the consensus. No one really thinks we're going to win that game unless uh, Jane Daniels is not only hurt, but he somehow injures multiple players on their offense. Um, any last thoughts, fellas? Uh, thanks for having me again. I appreciate it. I look forward to this. Can't wait till next year and go Tigers. All right. I wish I hadn't heard that last part. So for malt liquor, Gus, our <laughs> producer, Dr. Riffick, our sponsor, Ron from Pandemic Sauce Company. That's pandemicsaucecompany.com. I am Cousin Bailey saying go Gators and go. Well, I'm drinking beer.